0: Well, good morning. How are we doing today? Awesome, right? My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors. How many of you have had the chance to uh, see the new Avengers movie, just for show of hands? You're really excited about that? Okay, raise them high, raise them high. Uh, who's going to go see it? I'm not going to spoil alert, but I, I'm excited today because I finally have a Thorbod. And um, <laughs> if you've seen that movie, you'll get it. And when you watch it later, you will get it even more fun. So, um, I want to echo something that Jake Voos, one of our elders, mentioned when he came up here, and that's City Walk. And again, that's a class that'll be next Sunday. And if you have never attended City Walk, it's your next best step. If you've been coming to New City maybe for the past few months, and if you honestly would say, hey, I don't have a lot of church friends, I'm currently not connected in any way, we have a really high... Uh, rate in Citywalk of helping you take your next best step. And so I want to encourage you that's next Sunday we provide lunch and we provide childcare if you need that, all right? But you have to register so that we can best provide. And so just you can take out your connect card, which is attached to your bulletin, and just fill that out and write Citywalk on the bottom and we're going to be prepared for you. I I lead that, we won't bore you to death, but it's a great place to start. If you're calling New City Church home, or if you have curious, or if you have questions about who we are as a church body, because if I don't know it, we're in trouble, right? And so you can ask me. And also, we have the baptism class, as Jake talked about, and Pastor Rick uh, leads that. But we have a baptism today after this service, and so I want you to be preparing your mind and heart for that. We had eight last Sunday. That's kind of fun. And Kathy Carr is going to be getting baptized at the conclusion of this message today, and I, I tell you that now so that if God is pressing upon your heart, man, you have yet to follow me in, with baptism, I want to encourage you. You may not be ready, but we are. We have the towels, we have the t-shirts, we're ready. we are ready. We don't have the underwear, but we have everything else. We're ready for you, right? And we want to see you take that next best step. Last thing, I had someone ask me about it today, so I'm going to mention it. In one of, some of your bulletins, you got this, it's our Green to Go New Cities Leadership Pathway and if you uh, could maybe go to work on your own personal leadership, spiritual leadership, we are uh, launching for the first time something that I've been praying and working towards for honestly probably two years, and it's, it's how we're looking for our next crop of leaders at New City Church. Think of it, it's all the information is right here, I'm not going to walk you through it because you can read, but we're going to start this on May the 14th, right? It's a seven-month online learning with a monthly cohort, right? And if you want to be a part of that, all you have to do, it's super simple. You just have to email me, or you can put it on the Connect card, too. Just put uh, leadership, and we're going to get you enrolled this week uh, into that. So it's going to start May 14th, so there's still time for you to participate in that class. Is that cool? Good. Now, let's get into the topic of the day. Um, this week, uh, we, in our Believe book, was chapter 15, right? And if you're new to New City, this Believe book is full of Scripture, and it's also full of 30 core beliefs, or it's broken down into three sections of 10. We're in the second section of 10, which are our actions. How do Christians behave? What do Christians do, those who follow Jesus? And so the Bible is our guide. We're not replacing the Bible, but this is full of Scripture that supports the different uh, beliefs. And today, uh, chapter 15 uh, is one that talks about total surrender. And I don't know if you read that chapter or not, but I absolutely hate that title. I hate that title. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you've had to change the way a person thinks about something? Wives are still trying to do this, right? I mean, seriously, have you ever been in a situation where you're trying to change someone's mind? Any Republicans talk to Democrats? Democrats talk to Republicans, right? You have friends, I mean, like we, we struggle, like the last thing I want to do today is try to change your mind. And so I'm going to change a word because uh, the Bible says in Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, don't squabble over the meanings of words because I, I, I don't know a person on the planet that gets excited when they hear the word surrender. Now I agree with everything that we're going to talk about today. I just think there's a better way to package it. Because surrender right away, unless you're a police officer, police officers like that word or they like it when people do what they tell them to do, but no one else in the room enjoys that word surrender. You didn't enjoy it when you went to your first job at 16 or in your relationships and we struggle with it in our relationship with God. And so what I've done, and you're welcome to do this too, because the Believe book is not the Bible. Believe book is scriptures that put together to support some truths. I'm, re- I'm titling today's message, Total Love, instead of Total Surrender. And it's exactly the same thing, by the way. Total love and total surrender are exactly the same thing, but I like the word love better than I like the word surrender. Anybody, are you with me? And so today, I want to talk to you and, 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 and honestly get to work on your mind and your heart on what it looks like for you to totally, totally love God. And I wanted to start this morning with the way that we've been ending the last several weeks, and that's for you to have the opportunity to get into God's word. Now, I want to share this with you that I've been doing this on purpose because I'm making some observations, and this is a general observation. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying this is an observation. Most people at New City are not faithful with reading their Bible. You have one, but it's not something that you make time for. Not, Not everybody. Maybe you do, but a lot don't. And so, I want to create space, and it's going to be a quick space this morning. I'm going to give you four minutes to read three verses. Okay? Four minutes to read three verses. And Curtis is going to play over us. And here is what I'm asking of you during this scripture. We're going to put the scripture up in just a second. But when you are in this scripture, here's what I want to ask you What does the scripture ask of you? What does the scripture promise you? And what portion of you is God after? Now, here's how I would love for you to participate. Open up your app on your phone to your notes section and take notes. Like, what is God saying to you? I'm not going to tell you how to process this scripture. This is, wh- th- this is how Pastor Matt reads the Bible. I sit down and I say, wow, God, what are you saying? What's it mean to my life? How do I align my life to your word? And that's what I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to do right now. This is one of my most famous, favorite scriptures in all the Bible. Actually, my second favorite scripture in the entire Bible. It's found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I'm going to read it. And then we're going to create a space for you to reflect. What's God saying? What's God asking? What's God promising? And how much of you does God want? This is that th- four minutes on these three verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. Today's context is total love. What does God say to you, right? From this scripture. Let's take four minutes. It was like 2009. <clears throat> And I had, um, my wife and I had started a campus for a church in South Florida that I was a part of for almost 10 years. And it was a set up teardown church in a movie theater. Every Sunday morning, at about 5 o'clock, I'd have close to 60 volunteers join me at Regal Cinemas at the Sawgrass Mills Mall. And we would set up uh, equipment that filled two 25 foot trailers. We were like professional church roadies. And uh, the, the pastor is, uh, was the guy who got me to Florida. He's still a friend. His name's Troy Gramling. It was a video venue. I was a campus pastor. And on a, the day before Father's Day in 2009, I was, brought in, I was called into a Saturday morning meeting. And the executive pastor and my direct report, the, the campus pastor director, um, they called me into a meeting. And when I got called into a meeting on Saturday morning, I knew it wasn't going to be good because that didn't happen. And they sit down. They set me down, and they said, "Hey, we're closing your campus. Um, we're closing it in two weeks, so the next day would have been the week before Father's Day. Can't tell anybody. And we're going to close it on on Father's Day Sunday morning. You, we're going to ask you to speak that Sunday and kind of you know wrap it up. But they said in that moment, if you would have been a better leader, we wouldn't have had to do this. And I sat there in that moment, and I didn't fight for myself. I just I just felt that arrow right, and I went home. I didn't tell Jen because Jen was the church's finance. It was a church of fourteen, fifteen thousand people. It was a big place, and um, my my wife uh, was the finance director of this large organization. Made a lot of impact. A great a great church, um, and I I went to the next morning at five a.m. and I jumped in one of the trucks that pulled the trailers, as I had done almost every single Sunday morning with my friend Randy and my friend Eric. And we pulled the trailers, and we unhooked the trailers, and the team of people met us there, and we started willing out cases and setting up stuff. And everyone else is just a normal Sunday. They have no idea. They don't know what I know. They don't know that this is the next to last Sunday. And, man, trying to maintain those emotions, I set out at the time I had a big old awesome uh, Chevrolet Ford, a crew cab truck, big one. Right. And uh, man, Jen looked good driving that thing. But anyway, I had that truck and, um, we shared a car and I went out and I sat in my Jeep, I'm in my truck and I, and I cried and I, I, I wept and God gave me that scripture. It wasn't the first time I had read Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 5 and 6, or 3, 5 and 6. I had known those scriptures. And can we just put, those, put that back up on the, on the screen there, Stanton? But this is the scripture that God gave me in my truck that became my guide for the next two years. This scripture is what God used to get me to Kansas City to plant New City Church. God used that hard pain. I didn't get fired that day. They let someone else go and gave me their position. I was a good employee. I, had, I, I was a good pastor, right? And they let someone else go, and they brought me back to the main campus, and, I, I, you know, and I, they loved me, and I loved them. But, but God did something that day in that meeting where he, that hurt that this scripture, Matt, trust in me with all of your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. Don't try to figure this out. Because your brain can't handle it because you're too emotional right now. In all your ways, acknowledge me or know him, and he will make your path straight. What's the purpose of a path? Come on, what's the purpose of a path? It, 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 you go from A to B, would you? right? A path is what we walk on to the next thing. Everyone in this room, whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're here because somebody's giving you a spiritual wedgie, you're on a path. Everybody in this room is on a path. It may not be a spiritual path, but you're on a path. But we all, as we walk along paths, isn't it better when the path is straight compared to when the path is curvy? In this scripture, what God began to teach me and show me in 2009 is, Matt, trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I will make this curvy path straight. Church family, what is the promise of this scripture? I'm helping you speak the promises of God. Because you take all the junk that life throws at you and all the hurt that people throw your way and you fight that with the word of God. You fight that with promises, right? So I'm I'm, I'm wanting you to to, to use words. What is the promise in verse 6? And he will what? All right, let's read this together. And he will make your path straight. Let's read it together. And he will make your path straight. This is what... The Bible is alive and active. It's not a Harry Potter book or a Tolkien book or the the Game of Thrones writer. Those are good books. This book is beyond a good book. It's alive and active. And it's filled with promises for you, the children of God. And God says to us, listen, if you will trust me with most of your heart, what about the majority? What if it's 85%? No, all. All, total love. If you will trust me with some of your mind, no, 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 all of your mind, total love. Listen, it's a promise. If you will completely love me, if you will completely lean in and trust me and love me and think about me and not rush over to this thing and then rush over to that thing and then rush over here to this website and then rush over here to this conversation, if you would just trust me with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, God promises me and he promises each and every one of you I will make your path straight. Does he promise you that you're not going to have to walk this path? See, some of you are asking God, I want a new path. I don't like this one. I want the path they're on. God doesn't promise us that. He promises that when we are completely in love with him and our loyalty is not divided, he will take the path we're on and he will do what to it? What's the quickest way from point A to point B? A straight line. So if life sucks, woo, you got some motivation. If your situation's not where you want it to be, you got some motivation. Man, I'm listen, I'm going to align myself totally with God because man, I want to get out of this as quick as possible. Cuz this curvy life, this curvy path is killing me. Now, when we do those things, right when we do those things, then we get to walk with confidence. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. Why? Because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. There are some times that your path that you're walking on stinks. And it's in the valley. And You see people up on the mountaintop having a good old time. But here you are down in the valley. But when God, when you completely and totally love God, guess what? Even though, even though you walk in the valley, you can walk with confidence. Because yeah, it stinks, but you're not walking alone. And at least it's a straight line and you're knowing how to get out of this thing. You feel me? Guys, God's word is active and it's alive and it wants to change your life. Now, That scripture is a tremendous theme that is consistent throughout all of God's Word. God has zero interest in sharing you. Let me say this again. God has zero interest in sharing your heart and sharing your loyalties with anyone else. He wants all of you. On page 241 in your Believe book, there was a paragraph that I found very interesting. I want to read it to you. It's up on the screen, and it says, excuse me, it says this. God is often referred to in the Old Testament as jealous. Anybody in the room jealous? Just being honest, you're a jealous person? Come on. (laughs) Raise your hand if you're jealous. Come on. Yeah, thank you. Good gravy. I'm jealous. This passionate description comes out of the language of love similar to that of marriage. God is totally committed to us. He, in turn, asks us to be what? Totally committed to Him. He will not share our allegiance with anyone or anything else. Totally in love with God. Now, There was a scriptures that were used in our Believe book this week that I want to use now. And it's Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 7. These are the first three of the Ten Commandments. And these first three commandments deal with our relationship with God. The rest deal with our relationship with the world that we live in, okay? And so let's look. I'm going to read you all three, just as as they're in the scriptures, and then we're going to look at these, okay? Do not have other gods. This is God speaking, right, to Moses on the mountain. And he says, do not have other gods besides me. That's number one. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in heavens above or earth below or in the waters under the earth. Notice real quick the three realms God does real quick. Cosmos, planet earth, oceans. What he says is, listen, I'm the God of all three. In the world that they lived in and even in our world, people make idols that represent the cosmos and the gods of the cosmos. We have idols that worship the things of this earth and things under the earth, and all of the religions, whether it's the Greeks or uh, the Greeks, or if it's in Rome, and they had all of these things and all of these different gods, all these different gods that represented the cosmos and earth and underneath. And God says, "Hey, I just want to go ahead and get it out front before everybody else does. I'm God of all three. I I I, I cover all of the spaces, right?" Um, Do not bow and worship to them, do not serve them, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for their father's iniquity to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Number three, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Now, how you respond, how you hear, how you read those first three commandments will reveal your view of God the Father. Because I'm I'm telling you, if I gave everybody a little post-it note, and I said, if I asked you to write down your emotions of those first three, I'm going to get a variety of things. Some of you are going to hear demands. Some of you are going to hear rules. Some of you are going to hear commandments. Some of you are going to hear glory and honor. Some of you are going to hear holiness. Some of you are going to see reverent fear and respect. We're going to have different emotions, but how you read those first three are going to uh, point you to how you view about God. Now, God has gifted us uh, humanity with certain uh, opportunities to view the relationship with him, and one of those is marriage. Now, not everyone in the room is married, but you understand the concepts of what I'm going to share, right? And so think about the first—like, let me ask you this first. When you read those three commandments— no other gods, no idols, don't misuse my name. Whose perspective do you read those from? Do you read those from your perspective, the person reading? Have you ever read those or ever read God's word from God's perspective? Like, think about if you were God. Let's pretend. Some of you are pretty good at this already, right? <laughs> let's, let's pretend that, you, that you're God and, th- and, and read those first three from God's perspective. Don't love anybody but me. Don't worship anything that looks like, or you think looks like me, or even like something else, and please don't misrepresent my name. Those three things are super serious, super important to me. Now, those really aren't that three big of a deal in the context of a relationship. And God has gifted us marriage, as I was saying, as an idea. So I want you to think about this, all right? Now, I'm going to give some illustrations. They're not facts, so don't lose your head on me, okay? Just, I'm just preparing you, all right? Some of you know this, but I want to share this with everyone. This is a fact, that I love my wife, Jen. How many of you guys have met my wife, Jen? She's pretty awesome, Right now here, I'm so, so I love her, and I'm not saying this because I'm in trouble, right? Like, you know, whenever I see that bumper sticker, I love my wife, I'm like, man, that guy screwed up, <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I'm not in trouble, right? I'm not in trouble. We have, we're in a good spot right now uh, in our marriage. But how many of you believe me when I say I love Jen by a show of hands? Why do you believe me? Do you believe it just because I said it? Now see, that's dangerous though, right? You believe that I love my wife, and some of you who said, yes, I believe, have never even met her, you've never seen me with her, around her, or whatever, but because I said it publicly, then there's the assumption that made that, oh yeah, well Matt must love his wife because he said it. Now, let me ask you a question. What if I stood up here every single Sunday and I told you how much I love my wife, but I never looked Jen in the eyes and said, Jen, I love you do you still agree that I love my wife? Like if I tell you every week that I love her, but I never take the time to look my bride in her eyes, hold her hands and say, babe, I really love you, right? See, there's a a gap now, right? Now let me ask you this. What if I get up here every Sunday and I told you that I love my wife, and what if I look Jen in her eyes and say, babe, I love you so much, and this is the false part, not true, but then I was going and I was having an affair on my wife. I'm not. I'm not, okay? Don't be tweeting out and stuff. I'm not. But what if I were? What if I told you that I loved her? What if I looked her in the eye and I said, "Baby, I love you so much, and then every chance I got, I went and I did the very thing that would make her question my love. Would you question my love for my wife? And you should. Because it's all bull right? Are you with me? Yeah. I mean, I mean do we, can we agree that words are important, and can we agree that actions are important, yeah. right? Now, what if it wasn't an affair? What if it was something not near as serious, okay? So let's back off the affair stuff, which I'm not having that, okay? This is not a public confession, right? But what if, what if I knew there were specific things that my wife, Jen, loved, and yet, even though I knew it, I neglected to do those, Like, for example, it means the world to Jen when I help out with groceries, when I help clean up around the house, when I even put my dirty clothes in the laundry, like, when I help out with the dishes, when I help cook dinner. Like, when I do those things, you know what Jen hears? Actually, it's not what Jen hears. You know what Jen sees? Jen sees, wow, Matt loves me. But when Jen walks to my side of the bed and there's my dirty socks... I'm not his mom, <laughs> right? See, there are certain things that I know that when I do those for Jen, it's her love language, and it communicates to her because I tell her all the time that I love her. Like, she knows it. And my love language is physical touch, and so I'm quick with a hug, a quip, quick with a slap on the honey, all those things, right? But when I do those things, I'm saying I love you. She's like, leave me alone, right? <laughs> pick up your socks. Just pick up your socks, right? <laughs> Now, if I know that, that that is important to her, and I don't do it, what is my love? See, what I want to talk to you this morning from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to Exodus chapter 20 to the next one is that there is this theme in your Christian life that is a show and tell love for God. A show and tell. Yes, we're going to communicate to God the Father, we love you, Like we do that through worship, we do that through our conversation, we do that through prayer, you do that through reading God's Word, but then our actions should come along and align with the words that are coming out of our mouth. Because when I tell Jen that I love her, and then I actually do the things that that communicates that I love her, man, listen, our relationship is really, really good. It's the same in our relationship with God. And what God does, I mean, this to me is just super basic, It isn't that God is asking us for crazy stuff. He's saying in the first three commandments, hey guys, I want you to be married to me. And also, I don't want you having eyes for another, number two. Because like my wife is super sweet, but I guarantee you, if I was eyeing another woman and Miss Jen found out about it, Miss Sweet Jen becomes Miss Jealous Jen. And Miss Jealous Jen will kick my butt. Are you with me? And that's what God's saying. He's like, hey, don't, don't, don't create these other things that you wish you could serve. Or don't, 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 don't say, hey, I'm going to make this and I'm going to worship this or I'm going to give my heart. No, Jen wants all of me. Guess what? God wants all of me. It's very similar. And don't misuse my name. Like I tell my kids this all the time. Like your last name is Miller. So we'll pull up to people's houses and I'm like, don't forget who you are and who you represent, brother. See, we think misusing God's name is only don't say GD and don't don't say the name of Jesus out of frustration, and it is those things. But can I tell you, it's also how you choose to live your life under the mantle of "I'm a follower of Jesus." Don't misuse His good name as you go about there to this broken world. Every time you get caught up in the crass jokes, every time you get caught up in the in the corrupt language, anytime you get uh, involved in a shady business deal, every time that you you find yourself fighting and arguing and squabbling over silly things, listen, you're misusing the name of God, and God says, "Don't do that." Don't, miss, don't, don't call yourself a follower of mine and then go live like a follower of the evil one. Are, are you feeling me? Oh, but I don't say GD. Yeah, but what's your life say? God says, love me completely. Total love. I want all of you, all of you, all of you. Now, 15 seconds of this. If you want to turn to somebody, you can turn to somebody. If not, I just want you to say it to your head, right? Because there's too much to have talk out loud. What did you just hear me say? Seriously, in all of that, what did you just hear me say? Tell, your, tell the person that you're sitting aside or just kind of, oh, this is, what I, this is what I heard Matt say just now. Because what I'm trying to say is God doesn't want to share any part of you. And he wants all of you. And if you're going to be in relationship with God, than be in a relationship with God. Guys, that's basic relationship 101. He wants all of you. Now, I've been, this week I was like, how, how do we take a step towards total love? Because we're all at so many different levels in here. How do we take a step towards total love? And so here is, I'm going to give us a step, okay? You're going to have an opportunity in a minute to make this section in front of the stage an area to come and pray. So I'm going to prepare for you. You don't have to do that, but I really hope you do. I hope you create a sacred space where you can come and kneel and tell God, not me, what, what, what your next step is. But I want you to think about a problem. I want you to think about something going on in your life right now where you need wisdom. I want you to go back and think about my story when you're told, hey, you got two weeks. If you'd have been a better leader, this wouldn't have happened." and we're closing your campus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. I want, that was a problem for me. I don't know what to do. Do I tell my wife? How do I tell people? Like what, like I want you to think about a current problem that you have in your life where this path that you're on, you don't know what to do. And when you have it, I want you just to raise your hand and put it right back down. I want you to think about a problem that you're currently walking through and, and that you, you, you just don't know what to do on it. And once you have it, just put your hand up and then put it right back down. I just want to know that you're playing along. Now, I'm trusting that you didn't just raise your hand so I would continue talking, right? Could, so look around the room. Just go ahead and look around. We're a room full of people who have problems. Is that fair? We all have problems. So what's a step towards totally loving God with this problem? I want to give you a scripture for you to talk to God about. And as we do this, Curtis is going to come on up here. Miss Kathy is going to get ready to be baptized, and we're going to celebrate that this morning. But the scripture is probably my third favorite scripture in all the Bible. And it's found in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And in the context of totally love, totally loving God, and also in the context of I have a problem, look at this scripture. If you need wisdom, listen, okay, before you read it, okay, just eyes on me, I'm sorry, this is important, this was written by James, half-brother of Jesus, who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior, while Jesus lived, but Jesus appeared to his half-brother James, post-resurrection, revealed himself to him, James became the leader of the church in Jerusalem until he was, uh, uh, until he was martyred for his faith in Jesus, and James wrote a book, the letter that we call First James, if you put your New Testament chronologically in order, James would come first, and James wrote this letter to Christians in Jerusalem on basic Christian life. And so if you're new to following Jesus, read the book of James. It's super applicable. In the very first chapter, in verse 5, James tells the church this. Hey guys, if you need wisdom, ask our what kind of God? Generous God. And he will what? Notice that. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Check that out. If you've got a problem, ask our God what to do. And he will give it to you. He will give you the answer. He will not rebuke you for asking. Verse 9. But when you ask him, be sure that you totally love God. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty or divided love is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. It's as unsettling as Kansas weather. You with me? It's cold outside today. What in the world? Who's praying for this? All right, here we go. Back to it. Verse 7. Such people, divided people, people who love God with most of their heart, people who think about God with the majority of their mind, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Loyalty, love, devotion. Here's a step that I'm going to ask you to take. You raised your hand because you said you had a problem. Maybe you're going to have twins like Kevin and Adrian. And you don't know what to do. You just know you have two people about to come out of your body, right? And they're moving to Nebraska to start a new career. I know I'm sad about that too unless it's changing. I don't know about it, right? There might be some wisdom there. Or maybe you're looking for a career change or you're looking to start a family or you're looking to figure out if you should ask her out or him out or if you should break up with him or if you should break up with her. You're just asking a question. James says, hey, If you need wisdom, ask who? Ask God. See, here's what we do. We pray about it, maybe, and then we talk to 14 other people. Here's my simple step that I'm asking you to take, and I can't make you do it. Come to this altar, tell God your problem, and just look up to that screen and read that scripture over your life. Lord, I'm asking you, And it tells me that you will give it to me and you will not rebuke you. You're not going to look at me and go, gosh, what do you want? He's not going to do that. But I'm going to trust you. So here's the the step that we take towards total love. I'm I'm going to look to your word. And by that, it could also be I'm I'm going to talk to a spiritual friend who knows your word, not just some friend. I'm going to find a spiritual friend who knows your word to find out what you say about my problem. And I'm not going to get information from anywhere else. I'm going to only ask you and I'm going to only ask what your word says and I'm going to do my best. And This is going to be hard for some of you. I'm going to do my best to outside of you and my most intimate relationships. I'm not going to talk about this and I'm going to do whatever it is that your word tells me to do. I'm going to trust you with all my heart and I'm not going to lean on all my understanding. In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge the wisdom that you're going to give me because I trust that you will make my path straight. This is a way for you to take a step starting today, to totally love God. Does that make sense a little bit? So Curtis is going to sing. In just a minute, we're going to celebrate Kathy being baptized. Rick's going to baptize her friend Lisa's there in the water with her. But Rick, before we baptize, hey, Rick, before we baptize, I want to give a moment for this to happen. And so, church, I invite you to stand with me. And if there is something for you to come and talk to God about, why don't you do that now? While Curtis prays and plays, you come. Father God, I just want to lift up I mean, just, Father, thank you for drawing men and drawing women to yourself. And Father, I remember those days where you were drawing me and you were inviting me, but I just, I was so hesitant. God, increase such a passion. Draw us in by your great love. For you are good and there is none like you. God, thank you. I worship you. The reason I'm confident in my love and my praise and my worship for you is because over and over again, Father God, you have made my path straight. Father, increase our faith as we see your faithfulness. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.